0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel Galveston. Bread for
1: the My encouragement for all of us is simply this. Just talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know, I mean, it's you need to be informed, you need to know how to defend your faith, you need to understand what you believe and why you believe it and all that good stuff, but my goodness, your speech should be about Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. This world we live in, today more than ever, it just needs Jesus.
0: The early disciples continued to talk about Jesus no matter the consequence. They were beaten and thrown in jail, instructed to stop spreading the gospel. Pastor James uses their example as a word of encouragement in today's lesson. You don't need a Bible degree or to know all of the answers to talk about Jesus. But this world needs more Jesus. Continue to share his good news with anyone who will listen. And if they refuse to listen, find someone who will. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: Jesus has already been on the scene and he's already kind of messed up their thing. These guys are continuing on with that pattern and now they're, they're messing it up for them. This is not how we do things. This is, not, this is not the way it goes. So they're upset. Verse 17, it says, but the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees. Those are, remember, those are the guys who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They don't believe in, they don't believe in that at all. And filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison, in the jailhouse, okay? So, not filled with the Holy Spirit, they are filled with jealousy. So, you got these guys who've been doing this the same way the whole time, not completely ignoring God while thinking they're doing great things for God. These new guys show up, they don't fit in the mold and everybody's going to them. And now they're what? They're jealous. They're jealous. And it says it right there. They're filled with jealousy. They already hate these guys. I mean, they've already arrested, you know, Peter and John once before. Now they're going to arrest all the apostles. But their motivation is the fact that it's, it's jealousy. It's consumed them. They don't know where to put this new thing because partly, you know, partly they're, they're, I'm assuming they're, they're feeling somewhat left out because, wait, we're the religious leaders. We're not healing anybody. Well, you're supposed to have been. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you couldn't. Go back and read the Old Testament. These guys knew this. They were, supposed to be, they were supposed to be the ones helping out the lepers. They didn't want to go near the lepers. Jesus showed up and he's like, come here, lepers. I'll touch you. I'm not afraid of you. He was doing what they were supposed to have been doing all along. They were supposed to be helping the poor. They were supposed to be helping the sick. They were supposed to be, doing, supposed to be teaching the word, and they stopped teaching the word. They began teaching tradition. Tradition. They had their own word that they were going to teach based off of their guys that they admired, that they looked up to. It was extra things, extra biblical things that they began to say, you know what, we're going to teach from these things. Would they still teach from from the Old Testament? Yes. But they had their own teachings that they kind of kept at the same level of of the sacred text, the Old Testament. And they're like, why isn't anybody coming to us? Because God's not using you. Because God's not in it. God's not in it. You're an old wineskin, you're an old wineskin. God's doing something new. He needs new wineskins. Could they become new wineskins? Yes, they could have. God's like, listen, I've entrusted you guys with this for how many years now? And you are completely in rebellion against me. You you killed the Messiah. You killed Jesus. God's like, I'm going to use the foolish things of the world. I'm going to use the foolish things of the world. I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I'm going to take these guys, these men, these women that are gathering together, that nobody really expects anything from these people, and I'm going to use them to turn the world upside down, upside down. And these guys who are supposed to be the religious leaders are filled with jealousy, which leads to hatred. Please understand that. If you let jealousy be planted within your heart, I can guarantee you down the road, it will turn into hatred. It will turn into hatred. It does. It does. If that's a seed that you have planted in your heart, ask Jesus to uproot that thing and get it away from you, because it's destructive, and it will kill you. It'll absolutely take you out. The religious leaders are like, man, these guys, everybody's going to these guys, and it's causing this jealousy, which causes hatred, which is ultimately going to lead towards murderous plots, right? So they're in jail, all the apostles, they're all in jail, um, all 12 of them, because they replaced Judas, we remember remember that. Verse 19, but during the night, an, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life, or give the people the message of life, I would say, AKA the gospel. So this angel breaks them out of jail who is this angel? No, I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue who this guy is, all right? This isn't the first time somebody's going to be broken out of jail concerning the church, all right? But they show up, this angel shows up, and he's like, lets him go, and he's like, hey, listen, um, just go back to the temple, you know, where you got arrested. Yeah, go back there, and just keep sharing the gospel. Just keep doing that. Keep giving the people the message of life. I'm not sure about, in your translation, my ESV has life Capitalized for a reason because Jesus is the way the truth and the life keep keep telling people about Jesus go back to the temple, go back to the place where they arrested you and just keep talking about Jesus that's all you need to do what so we can we can leave this jail yeah yeah don't worry about it maybe he was one of the one of the ones who you know, rolled the stone away for Jesus. We don't know. Maybe that's this angel's ministry, right? <laughs> like, just like, ah, uh, you know, unlocking prison doors, moving stones. He's like, no, just go back to the temple. Just keep talking about Jesus. Just keep talking about him. It says, when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. So they were obedient to that. They're gonna go and they're gonna teach the people about Jesus. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together a council, all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. So it begs the question, how'd they get out? You ready for this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You're like, complete. No. Um, Liz, I don't know. I have no clue. Did he transport them from like Star Trek style. Is that a right reference? I don't know. Um, But like from here, they beamed them out of here and put them over here. I don't know, they could do that. We're gonna see that in Acts here in a couple of chapters. God can move you from here to there however he wants to, whenever he wants to. He's not confined to like our same laws of physics and you know these natural laws that we're subjected to. He's not, he's outside of this stuff. But the guys are like, um... Yeah, uh, bad news. Those guys we arrested, they're all gone. So you know, immediately, they're having flashbacks about a month and a half ago about that tomb where they put that dead carcass they thought it was dead Is Jesus, they, and they, they sealed it, and they put Roman guards outside that thing. And then sure enough, the guards are like, hey, um, he's not there anymore. So what did they do? These same religious leaders, the same guys. We're not talking about new guys. We're talking about the exact same guys. They paid off the Roman soldiers and said, hey, just tell, if anybody asks, don't worry about your bosses, because we know that when a prisoner escapes, and they still consider Jesus a prisoner, even though he was dead, never forget that. When a prisoner escapes, or when a body is stolen, well, the ones who are guarding it, it's their life. They're supposed to be put to death. The religious leaders told these guards, don't worry about it, we'll talk to your boss, we'll smooth it all out. But if anybody asks, tell them that his followers came and stole the body against you well-trained killers. These fishermen, who are too afraid to even show up to the trial, are going to show up in the middle of the night and take out guys who are trained killers. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we believe that. These are the same guys we're dealing with, and they walk up to the jail, and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, what is going on with this group? Like, we put them in a tomb, he's gone. We put them in jail, they're gone. What is going on? God is moving, and you're missing it. God is moving. The same God that you say you follow and you say you serve is moving so actively in front of your face, but you're just blinded. You're blinded. They're like, the door is still locked. Like, the guards were still there. They're gone. Verse 24, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest heard these words, and they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to, (laughs) right? And they're like, oh, man, they're all getting headaches right now because they're like, what is happening? Verse 25, and someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain, of the, <laughs> the captain with the officers went and brought them, not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. So you got a, t- a ton of people just around, and they're all like just in awe of the apostles. They're like, wait, weren't you guys just arrested? And they're like, yeah, this angel broke us out. This angel like totally broke us out of jail. Well, why do you do that? So I could tell you about Jesus? So I could just tell you more about Jesus? And so these people are like all around them. And so the temple guard, the police officers, the, the church police officers show up, and they're going to arrest these guys again. But they're like, okay, like, hey, 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 buddy. Hey, how's it going? Um, hey, you know, I need you to come with me, right? Like, can we just do this peacefully? Um, if they harm these guys, this mob's going to turn on them. They come, they get them, they arrest them, and they bring them back so they can stand trial. Verse 27. And when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. We won't even say it. We won't even say his name, right? We told you. You gotta stop talking about this man's name. Quit talking about him. That's Jesus that they're talking about, in case you didn't know that. We strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet, here you have filled, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us." This is an incredible accusation. They're like, all of Jerusalem is talking about this. Look at what look at the mess you have made. Now, all of Jerusalem is talking about Jesus. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing if all of Galveston was talking about Jesus? It's only 50,000 people. At this point in time in Israel, I mean, you're talking of upwards of like a million-plus people. And the the accusation that's brought against these apostles is, quit talking about Jesus. Everybody's talking about him now. You are causing trouble. You're causing a headache for us. Why? Aren't you supposed to follow him? Oh, no, no. No, see, you're making it out to be like we're responsible for his death. You're putting his blood on our hands. All of Jerusalem is being filled with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Wait a minute. I remember you stood before Pilate, and you said, may his blood be upon us. You said that very thing not more than a month and a half ago. You were the one who stood before the Roman rulers saying, hey, don't worry about it. His blood be upon us and our children And now the accusation, they're like, Luke, you're making it look like we're responsible for his death. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you were by your own words, your own admission, you guys were responsible for this. They don't like looking like the bad guy. Verse 29, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We already told you that. And so they're reminding of this. They're like, listen, we're going to obey God uh, over you. I'm sorry, but we're just going to. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree or hanging him on a cross. Peter's Peter's not going to shy away from it. He's like, "Um, I'm sorry, but yeah, you did kill him. You were responsible for that. He's like, we're going to obey him. God raised him from the dead. You killed him, but God raised him from the dead. Verse 31, God exalted him at his right hand as what? As leader and savior. These guys were the leaders, but that's gone. To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. These, the religious leaders stood in a position where they felt like they didn't need forgiveness of their sins. Now, did they sin? Yes. Would they probably own up to that? To a certain degree, yes. But they certainly weren't as bad as the ones who were standing before them. says, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. (laughs) So he's like, we're filled with the Holy Spirit because we obey him. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit because you don't even know him. You don't know him. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel A teacher of the law held in honor by all people stood up and gave orders to put the men outside, put the apostles outside for a little while, so they can have a little huddle there. It says, and he said to them, men of Israel, take care of what you're about to do with these men, because they were literally intending to kill these guys right then and there. He's like, hold on, fellas, hold on, let's think about this. He says, before these days, Theodos rose up claiming to be somebody He's like, so just hold on, fellas. We don't have to kill these guys because let's not forget about the mob that's outside. If we kill them, they're going to come after us. If this is something that is man-initiated and man-dreamed and and driven and all that stuff, it's just going to die. It'll fail. Verse uh, 39, it says, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Um, Hello, you are, right? This is the the wisest guy that they have. And he's like, I don't know, guys. You know what? It seems to me, if we just let it, just leave them alone, it'll probably die out. And there's a chance that God's actually doing something. And if he is, then we don't want to fight against God, do we? It's like, you are fighting against God. So this is wisdom, but only to a certain extent. This is like, ah, just let them be. It's no big deal. Maybe, it's, maybe this is a God thing. We don't know. Probably not, but whatever. They'll, they're just going to die out. They're just going to die out. So they took his advice, and when they called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left, the apostles left the presence of the council rejoicing, rejoicing. They were beaten unjustly. There was no reason for them. Now, they would probably be accusing them of blasphemy. But as far as we know from, this, from what we've been given, there was no charge of that ever. They verbally warned them last time. Now they're going to up the intensity and say, you know what? Let's just beat them. We're going to beat them. We'll teach them. We'll teach them by inflicting great harm upon these guys. And so as the apostles are leaving, they're doing what should amaze each and every one of us. They're rejoicing. They're rejoicing, meaning not that they're skipping down the road, but their hearts are kind of skipping a beat, so to speak, within them. They're singing a song. They're singing a song. I mean, and so when they got beat, just so you understand, I mean, that they, maybe you know, forty lashes minus one, so thirty-nine. There's a good chance that they were hit thirty-nine times with some sort of instrument, whatever it was that they chose to use then, maybe like a, a stick or a pole. I can promise you this, they were not going to hold back on these guys. I'm just going to give it to you, and 39 times, you're going to remember this, and you better stop talking about Jesus. They're singing. They're singing on their way home, just like that kid, singing. He's having a good time. (laughs) Um, They're praising God. Why? It says, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. They were rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Verse 32, what we think would be the end of it all, it's not. It says, in every day in the temple where they were arrested multiple times and from house to house, so it wasn't just the temple, it was from the temple to the houses, everywhere, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Jesus is the Messiah or that Christ is Jesus. So what did the angel shows up and says, hey, get out of jail. Keep talking about Jesus. They get arrested. They get beaten. And the religious leaders of that day say, hey, you know what? Um, You're causing a problem. So quit talking about Jesus. They go and they're like, you know what? Every day in church, every day in church. Hey, we're still showing up, all 12 of us. You know, and everybody else who's following, we're going to keep talking about Jesus. We're going, to, we're going to do that here. We're going to do that in our homes. We're just going to keep talking about Jesus. And I don't care what the world wants to do to us. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. My encouragement for all of us is simply this. Just talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know. I mean, it's you need to be informed. You need to know how to defend your faith. You need to understand what you believe and why you believe it and all that good stuff, but my goodness, your speech should be about Jesus. Just talk about Jesus. This world we live in today more than ever, it just needs Jesus. It needs Jesus. There's a lack of hope. Even within our country, there's such a lack of hope. What's the greatest solution for that? Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Tell people your story. Ask them what they think about him. That's a great question. Hey, what do you think about Jesus? They'll tell you. They'll tell you. They may tell you things that you don't agree with. They may tell you things that you don't like. But you're going to be respectful because they're a human being, and you're going to hear what they have to say. You're going to say, well, you know what? Here's what I think about Jesus. Can I tell you my story? It's a 19-year-old kid. Hopeless as can be. I search for hope in everything everything, you name it. I was looking for it, actively looking for it. And then this guy, Jesus, showed up in my life. And I surrendered my life to him. And my life has not been the same since then. And I tried to find that solution in everything else before him. Nothing could do it. He showed up and he said, I love you. I died for you. And I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. Tell people your story. Ask them what they think about Jesus. You, have, you can do that. You can do that. And you don't have to have it all figured out. And maybe they have questions. And your best response to any question you don't know is, you know what? Give me some time. I'll go do some research. I'll find out. And then let's meet back up and let's talk about it. That's all you got to do. Don't try to make up an answer. Don't do that. Step away. Say, you know what? What's your number? Or what? can we meet up again next week? I'll do my homework. I'll do my research. And we'll talk about that. Just talk about Jesus, guys. Just talk more about him. They needed it. We need it. We need it today. We're going to need it tomorrow. So my encouragement for all of us is this. Listen, um, man, just put more focus on Jesus. Talk more about Jesus. Live your life. You pursue him. You run to him. You walk with him. Draw closer to him. Man, just make it about Jesus. Jesus. That's it. Make it about Jesus. Jesus. You'll run into some opposition. Some people in our world are are running into that now. And it's kind of sad, because the biggest opposition you might run into will come from the church, (laughs) which is ridiculous. But it happened for these guys. It's happening in our day and age today. You got people that are like, oh, you're a celebrity. You follow Jesus now. You You won't stop talking about Jesus. Oh, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's nonsense, right? Let people talk about Jesus. We should be talking about more about Jesus. So let's do that. Let's do that this week. Let's, let's spend more time with him. Please read your Bibles, pray, spend time with Jesus, and then just go and tell people how good he is.
0: That's all we have time for today on Bread for the Broken. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James Grizzle teaches through the Book of Acts. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or listen to more verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're visiting breadforthebroken.com, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind the ministry of Bread for the Broken. At Calvary Galveston, we strive to love and live as Jesus did. We're just ordinary people discovering extraordinary truths from the Bible together. As we continue to journey through the book of Acts, our prayer is that your faith is inspired to move. That when you read about the early church, you rediscover the purpose that God has for your life. You might think you're just ordinary, but God sees you deeper, and He knows that you're more than that. Being obedient to the calling that God has on your life might not always make sense, but God blesses those who are faithful to answer His call. And you never know what incredible things God has in store when you freely say, Yes, Lord. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to have you come visit. Or if you're looking for a new church home, you're always welcome. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to start the week out right with worship. Our atmosphere is pretty relaxed, so feel free to come just as you are. Find out more and plan your visit by going to our website, breadforthebroken.com. As you go throughout the rest of your day, may you find hope and new life in Jesus.